0: SMS SAFM now on 41391 Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10pm till midnight
1: well, we are ready to kickstart uh, the show with some more good information. We've got um, a Judicate professor of journalism and director of the Witz Radio Academy, University of Vitzvartasrund, Franz Kruger. Thank you very much for joining us, Professor Kruger.
2: Uh, good evening. Great to be here, Patricia.
1: Now, it seems like there are new threats to media freedom um, that come from unexpected directions. And we know that uh, we've been uh, commemorating uh, the you know, the, the big day, which is Media Freedom Day in South Africa, uh, marking an anniversary of a brutal crackdown by the apartheid state on the media and black consciousness movement. Let's talk about these threats that may be emanating within the journalism and media space.
2: The line is rather poor. I hope I got you correctly. Um, Yeah, certainly um, you highlight the fact that things have have certainly changed in terms of the the crackdowns that uh, we saw in 1977 and that gave us the day in a media freedom day in this country. Um, And since then, of course, many things have changed. I mean, South Africa is a very different country. We have uh, guaranteed freedom with constitutional order, we have a democracy, um, and uh, the kind of uh, freedom that we now have as journalists, is something, of course, that is unimaginable. An and yet there are other things to worry about. There are concerns about um, particularly the business model, um, you know, as we grew up and says that Uh, You know, audiences bought newspapers or paid um, for TV licenses and the like, Um, and advertised one of them, uh, and that really paid for journalism. Um, And that's all changed. I mean, that money is now going to the Internet giants overseas, the Googles, the Facebooks. Um, And what we've seen as as a result is a real bloodbath um, in the media. Many, many jobs being lost, um, titles closing. Um, much reduced, um, and at the same time, I mean, what we're seeing is uh, an incredible increase in social media. Uh, anybody can put information out there. In many ways, that's a good thing, but it has meant that there is an enormous amount of misinformation. Misinformation out there um, that would, uh, and some, sometimes that's quite deliberate. I mean, sometimes. You find people are deliberately putting out lies, basically, to confuse. Now that, in and of itself, but the extent of it has certainly um, uh, grown, and it has meant that uh, you know journalism is, is less, uh, because people find it difficult to tell apart what is reliable from what is not.
1: Now, I'd like us to please take a bit of a breather and then we'll be back with uh, Professor Kruger. Um, and uh, hopefully the line will be a bit better when we come back from this. Um, we are talking about some of the threats that are posed to media freedom uh, from unexpected directions. And uh, Professor Franz Kruger has already mentioned something along the lines of, the, you know, social media and fake nukes and the likes. And we need to go, uh, you know, have a better understanding as to what is the future of those who still want to get into the journalism space? What is the future? What is the future for uh, a print media and radio media and TV media that is supposed to be filtering correct information and what about the code of conduct that uh, journalists are supposed to be adhering to? Is this no longer adhered to because of the social uh, media um, uh, platforms that are available to us? Well that's what we're going to be talking about uh, with a uh, doctor um, with um, Professor Franz Kruger. Who is the professor of journalism and director of the WIT Radio Academy at the University of Witwatersrand? The number that you can dial a if you'd like to be in touch with us is 011 714 2006. Alternatively, dial 011 714 4045. You can also reach us via 0891 104207 or SMS 41391. SMS is charged at 150. If you'd like, like to send us a WhatsApp, you can do so on O six one four one oh four one oh seven on social media platforms at SFM Radio or at Patricia Nindulli, hashtag SFMLNC. We are back now with uh Professor Kruger. Um, I hope our lines are going to be much better, Professor. Yes, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Excellent. So, Professor, you know, you mentioned the the threats of social media and fake news. Now, with uh, so much um, access to um, the social media as South Africans and literally anyone trying to come up with a story, whether they're a journalist or not, do you think that this being one of the threats is a threat that can be counteracted by media houses and journalists alike?
2: Well, I think what is necessary is for um, journalists, as you say, uh, to really make it very clear to audiences that there is a difference between what they produce um, and what you might find from your neighbour, your cousin with some obscure Twitter feed, um, and to make that clear, I think, so that you kind of signal that the information that you're providing is reliable. Of course, for that to work, it has to be reliable. I mean, unfortunately, we have seen journalists, uh, we have seen cases where journalists really have made mistakes, um, uh, have allowed themselves to be taken in, have allowed themselves to be carriers themselves of misinformation, and that really doesn't help. Um, So I think, uh, you know, the the, the answer lies in really being very careful and very uh, conscientious with the information that gets put out, and then making, making it clear to audiences, that it is different, that it is qualitatively different um, uh, to, to the other stuff that's out there, the rubbish stuff that's
1: Now, in terms of uh, the threats that are coming into the media space, and you also mentioned job losses, this is one of the biggest threats I would think uh, right now for journalists. What is the future for journalism?
2: well if I had a crystal ball I would be happy to look into it and tell you exactly what the future is it's it's very hard to know exactly what uh, what things will look like I think it it does seem likely that um, legacy media particularly in print particularly newspapers will continue to to, to decline um, over the next couple of uh, you know over the next period um, but I'm I'm not Saying that that means that journalism itself will disappear. I think it will change form. I think already what we're seeing is that actually the traditional media houses, the big newspaper groups that we're all familiar with, the big morning newspapers, um, and to a lesser extent, uh, broadcast media, uh, are less influential and less certainly less innovative than some of the, of the smaller, um, often donor-funded, non-profit journalism organisations. Um, how exactly this will turn out, it's hard to say. I mean, I think one of the three the solutions that people are talking about is to try to put pressure on the social media giants to say, "Look, you're making lots of money from content that other people produce. It's time to put some of that back into journalism." Um, there is talk of increased public um, support for journalism. I mean, we have that in, in some of the Nordic countries where there's you know there's sort of yeah, there's public support, public money, state money. It goes into journalism. Um, and of course, you know, you have um, papers like the New York Times, you have um, uh, paywalls where people pay for using online information. So there are different solutions and different possibilities being explored. Um, how that will shake down, it's very hard to say. But I'm certainly confident that journalism as a feature of society will survive, even though it may change in form.
1: And I'm sure we should all be expecting the change, just like in any other industry, especially with the uh, fourth industrial revolution already here on our shores and across uh, each and every border. This is one of the things we need to look out for. Let me go to Anele, who's in Midrand. Anele, good evening. Good evening. Uh,
0: I'd like to and a guest. Uh, my problem, uh, I think the threat to the media is the media itself. Because the media... That is itself. It doesn't wanna be criticised. They wanna be the voice that is unchallenged. Like for instance, when people criticise the media, they claim they are the people are anti-media and so forth. And there's proof that media is one of the <coughs> is one of the of those who pushes fake news. We've seen with the what they said about Iraq and so forth and how they paint US but the US is one of the countries that bullies other countries. But the media paints US as a, this democratic country. But because the the media is driven by profit and not by facts and so forth. So for me media is a threat to itself. And the reason they attack social media now is because they can control social media. They want to control the narrative of what the people must hear and must not read. Now, because that's why they say people who, who put narrative that is alternative to mainstream media, they claim those people are bought and so forth. So for me, I think now they are uncomfortable to being challenged.
1: Mm. All right. Uh, thank you very much for that um, view, Anneli. Um, okay. uh, Professor Kruger, what are your thoughts on what Annele has just cited—the fact that the media itself is a threat unto itself?
2: Well, I I think that certainly, um, if, you know, if Anele is saying that um, you know the media needs to be uh, to, to, to be prepared to accept criticism, I think he's absolutely right. Um, and, and perhaps, you know, there are sometimes uh, uh, you know, situations where people are unwilling to, to accept the kind of criticism that comes their way. But I certainly think a, a self-critical media is a, is a good thing. I mean, we've recently seen the publication of Anton Harbour's book, um, so for the record, where he unpacks in great detail how badly things went wrong at the Sunday Times. And that's a form of media self-criticism, I guess. from how is a professor of journalism, my colleague at this. And that is, I think, a very healthy thing. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm not sure that uh, it is even possible for the media to want to control um, the narrative. Um, I think that the richness of different alterna- alternative views and so on um, is actually is an enrichment. I mean, it is a positive thing. But I do think that there is such a thing as, as disinformation. I think that there are people who put out stories that are simply incorrect. It is true that sometimes the media themselves have been taken and sometimes the media themselves have been deliberately um, put out stories that were incorrect. But it doesn't, um, I think, remove from the fact that what we need, a society needs, is a sense of reliability, a sense that there is information that you can trust. Um, and I think we all have an interest in
1: achieving that. Mm. Let's uh, go to another caller, Sipo. Um oh, Good evening, Atima. How are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Hello, can you hear me? Sipo, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes, I wanted to comment uh, to the topic uh, with the uh, caller.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, like about the... I, I think the, uh, the initiative thing that uh, is rising is uh, very important because, like uh, we see now, the uh, social media it's uh, is dominating our media space. Or so, so for future generation, so that like we can instill the culture of uh, uh, good writing, and then like uh, like who will be passionate about the the industry. Of like uh, there's a lot of fake news and so also people like uh, but they still go to the credible sources but where they come to the news.
1: Mm. All right, yes. thank you very much, Sipo.
2: Okay, thanks. you.
1: Excellent. Um, would you like to comment on that, uh, Professor Kruger? I didn't quite catch uh,
2: the gist of it. The, mm. you, the line was quite poor.
1: Yeah, the line was a bit bad. Let's move on uh, to Ngonde. Ngonde, good evening. How are you? Ngonde, good go
3: evening to you. Quick one. Um, let me first compare CNN and RT, which is Channel Four Seven and 401, respectively. It is so pathetic to see CNN so obviously biased. You know, my worry with the South African, um, you know, media consumers it would be such that they would tend to think that Joe Biden will definitely be the president. Little do they know the full extent of the American politics, electoral court system. Let's leave there. Let's come here at home. The old adage, the one who pays the piper, plays the tune, and in light of the media or journalists being accurate, you know, fairness and balanced, I want to find out, is that possible in the climate of consumerism, you know, that the industry will demand that the journalists basically toe their line, you know, and the journalists have got to feed their families. But just tell me, is it possible for the journalists to keep their ethics as well? Patricia, I listen to the radio. Good evening.
1: Thank you very much, Ngonde. And um, I think the points that Ngonde has made are those that are are, are quite critical. The issue of bread and butter for journalism uh, for journalists, but also on the other hand, we need to be cognizant of uh, upholding correct information. What uh, what what are your views on that, uh, Professor Kruger? Well,
2: I mean, as you, you know, he's quite right that uh, that uh, people need to feed their families and. has has an impact. I think that the... the, At the same time, I think that the point that you make that there there is an absolute need to maintain ethics is that... I like to think about it in terms of short-term interest and long-term interest. I mean, you may, in the short run, benefit from um, following somebody's uh, agenda um, and getting, you know, extra money or something in that way. But actually... In the long run, your interests, I think, are allergens. Your interests are in behaving ethically because it is that that maintains a relationship with an audience um, and that maintains the kind of trust that means that you can continue working in the long run. Um, So you may suppress a story or you may make something up um, and it may benefit you this week, but it isn't going to benefit you in the long run because I think in the long run, uh, you need to you need to be believed. You need to have that relationship of trust with your audiences, and for that to happen, you do need to maintain it. Mm. Uh,
1: last uh, caller on the line, uh, Sakile hey, Tima, uh, Good evening.
3: Yes, uh, um, Patricia and your guest there. You no, know, I just wanted to to say that you know it's not about people reporting fake news or writing fake news. You hardly get that. It's about narratives. And those things are very important. So, please, like, let's 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 have a, a case here. You see, media houses, private media houses, these independent media houses, they are privately owned by by a few group of people in the society. Who, who when these media houses are, they are actually businesses. You know, the media houses they sell ads, you know, to other private corporations. What could go wrong? You know, you have you find that maybe another you know a a, poly, a, a political party or a politician that has like left leaning views might get negative coverage. Not necessarily because journalists are bad people, but it's in their interest to give that politician negative coverage because they are they are a you know a, a corporation. There is selling ads for another corporation, you know. If, if that comes, maybe you have a politician that says, you know, corporations they have monopoly over something, they must be broken down. You will find that, you know, they they might, you know, say negative things about those politicians. And to and to and to to, to TV and radio, you have this other aspect of political independent political analyst. Those decisions... Are made privately again, who should be an indep- who should we bring in the story as our independent political analyst? And those political analysts they kind of sway the public narrative to a certain extent.
1: Thank you, Thank you very much, Sakile. As we close off, let me go to a message that was sent by uh, Donald Mamboma um, in Rustenburg. It says says, um, I want to applaud the role of journalists worldwide, but countries like Zimbabwe, the government itself is an obstacle for media credibility. We rely on a broad broadcaster such as Voice of America for balanced news. So, um, yeah, let's uh, just uh, round off our discussion, Um, Professor Kruger. Here's a a view from from, uh, Ronald uh, Donald talking about the fact that sometimes governments uh, in countries such as Zimbabwe are the ones who are also jeopardizing, you know, the credibility of media. Well, exactly.
2: I mean, the, you know, that brings us back to the to the starting point, which is which was around media freedom. Um, I mean, it is an incredibly precious thing, and we are very lucky in South Africa to have um, uh, an environment and a, and a framework that guarantees um, a, a media freedom, because it does mean that citizens can get information um, that they need to make those decisions. And yes, in countries like Zimbabwe, that's not the case. I mean, we've had. Uh, you know, we continue to have journalists detained um, and media organisations also under very difficult conditions. It doesn't mean we should rest on our laurels because, uh, you know, these things can change from time to time um, and, uh, you know, freedom needs to be protected to, to remain alive. But it is a very precious thing um, and it is something that benefits us all, uh, benefits the whole of society. Uh, to, to make sure that uh, journalists from the media are able to do their work without fear or hindrance.
1: Thank you so very much uh, for giving us your time. And uh, we really do hope that the fourth industrial revolution does not take away jobs for those in the media industry and rather um, creates more jobs, although they'll be different from what we were used to or are currently used to. Thank you so very much for joining us, Professor Kruger. Thank you for having me. It's been most interesting.